ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلَيْكُمْ رَقِيبًا يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا أَمَّا بَعْدُ فَإِنَّ أَصْدَقَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وأحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة وبرايز الثانس بلونغ تو الله for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah حدثني جماعة من الشيوخ بإسناد كل إلى سفيان بن عيينة عن عمرو بن دينار عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمرو عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما أن أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن يرحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said as it comes in his tremendous hadith what translated means that those who are merciful, they will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Be merciful and show mercy to those who are in the earth, and the one who is above the heavens will show you mercy. قال العلماء ذلك بأن العلم رحمة نتيجته رحمة في الدنيا وغايته رحمة في الآخرة العلماء they mentioned, they said this because knowledge is mercy. The result of knowledge is mercy in this world, and the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. We continue going over the tremendous hadith, the hadith of Al-Irbal bin Sariya. And we have reached the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. So let's go back. Al-Anbaad, he mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ, he gave them a very strong address. It was that that caused the eyes to tear. It was very, very eloquent in its, in, in, in its words. And it caused the hearts to tremble. So much so that the Sahaba, they thought it was a farewell address. So they asked the Prophet ﷺ to give them some advice. 
فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم so the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said أصيكم بتقوى الله then I advise you to have fear of Allah you are commanded to fear Allah سبحانه وتعالى and in last week's class we went over that portion or up to that portion of the hadith and we stopped at the statement of the Prophet وسلم, which is continuing in this extremely valuable advice that we all need that I command you to have taqwa of Allah to have taqwa of Allah and with hearing and obeying with hearing and obeying meaning the Muslim ruler that we hear and obey the Muslim ruler or the Muslim rulers even if a slave were to become your ruler even if it was a slave who were to become your ruler وقال حديث المدينة المحدث محدث المدينة the محدث of Medina he mentions he says the Fudil to Shaykh Shaykh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abbad Ta'ala he says وَهَذَا أُصِيَّةٌ بِالسَّمْعِ مُطَّاعَةٌ and this is an advice the giving of advice and a command that will be taken as a legacy to hear and obey to the rulers of the Muslims and that which is other than the disobedience unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the general rule and the principle is that and meaning the rule and the principle as relates to those who you are obliged to obey the rule and the principle as relates to those who you are obliged to obey is la ta'a lil makhluq fi ma'siyati al-khaliq kama qala nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is that there is no obedience to the creation that entails disobedience to the creator so we have to obey the rulers the rulers are from those who we are commanded to obey naam the rulers they are those who we are commanded to obey in the quran we have been commanded to obey them Likewise, in the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we have been commanded to obey the rulers. This is an example of that as relates to the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So we have to obey the Muslim rulers. As long as it does not entail disobedience unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Even if the leader is a slave even if the leader is a slave and in that there is extremely precious guidelines for us because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's giving us an indication that there will come a time upon human beings where the rulers will not be those who under ordinary circumstances or ideal circumstances will be the ruler we will have some rulers that would have reached the rulership through ways that are unlegislated. Now, we will have some rulers that would have reached the rulership in ways that are unlegislated. Not saying illegitimate, no. 
They are the legitimate ruler. However, the manner in which they rose to leadership was not in accordance to the Sharia because it is not suitable, meaning that it is possible that we will have rulers who are not suitable for leadership because typically a slave is not suitable to be a ruler. A slave is not suitable to be the leader. So in this, there is an indication to us that we will reach a time where there will be those who are in authority who are not suitable for that authority. But even with that being the case, their lack of suitability is not an excuse to rebel against them. Their lack of suitability is not an excuse to disobey them. It's not an excuse to have a coup. It's not an excuse to wage a revolution. It is not an excuse to start a civil war. But rather, the Prophet ﷺ, he is telling us that what we have to hear and obey, even if it is not in an ideal situation with an ideal individual, we still have to hear and obey because the uh, overwhelming good is in hearing and obeying, is in listening to the ruler and obeying the ruler. Therein is the overwhelming good. And whatever from deficiency that may be in any type of situation like this, then it is a deficiency that it does not affect the general masses, meaning it is not an overwhelming deficiency. It is not overwhelming. So when one reflects now about those places where it is claimed or it was claimed that the ruler did not share in the wealth. The ruler did not share in the wealth with the people. The people wanted more economic prosperity on an individual level and they felt the ruler was too rich and they were too poor. When we examine that situation, we find that the people that were in that situation, typically they were in a situation of stability. They had stability typically, right? There was a degree of law and order. The judicial systems were operational. So if people had complaints and they can launch their complaints through the judicial system to get their right from a legislative means, right? Uh, there was access to basic needs of food, water, so on and so forth. Now, granted, everyone wasn't a millionaire, right? But typically... There was a decent standard of living. The shaitan from the human beings and from the jinn has convinced many of these individuals who are just looking for justifications that the way of the West is superior and the way of the West will bring them prosperity. This is without examining the totality of the situation because when one examines the totality of the situation, is there typically a wealth gap between the leaders and the general population? Is there a wealth gap between the leaders and their constituency? Of course, the, the answer is what? Yes. Is everyone in America a millionaire? No. Are the leaders and those who are in authority 
in, when, in any branch of government and so on and so forth, are they well-to-do? Yes, they're very well-to-do. Some of them are millionaires, multimillionaires, so on and so forth. Now, so if this is, in fact, your standard, then where are you getting this uh, metric from? Where are you getting this from? That everyone has to be wealthy. That everyone has to share in the pot. That everyone has to be in the same tax bracket. Where on earth does that exist? Right? Does not exist. And then when one reflects upon this, when one realizes that this is the original call of the Khawarij. This is the original call of the Khawarij. Bul Khwaisara, what did he say? Be just, O Muhammad. When was he talking about that? Launching that false claim? As the Prophet he responded to him, rebuking him. Who's going to be just if I'm not going to be just? Who are you talking about? He was launching that complaint when? When they were distributing the spoils of war. Why? It was an economic complaint. His gripe was due to economics. He, he felt he wanted more money. He felt he wanted more money. So when one examines the way of the Khawarij, they see that in time and in every time, every era, their claim is the same. Their argument and their using as justification, money. We want money. They're not sharing the money. They're, 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 they're taking the money. The wealth is not freely or equally distributed. Yeah, subhanAllah, where is it equally distributed? Does the royal family share their money with everybody in England? Huh? Does the royal family share their money with everybody in the commonwealth? But then these standards are put upon the Muslims that, yeah, subhanAllah, when has that ever been ever the case? It's never been the case. So why should it be the case now? That's just, that's just a, 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 a uh, rallying cry, uh, cry of the Khawarij of old. Likewise, what is one, another one of their rallying cries that you find that these are their main two uh, ways and in, 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 in their way of old, their methodology is what? is they claim that they want to establish the rule of Allah. As the Khariji said to Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, in a hukum illa lillah, that verily the rule is only for Allah. So Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, kalimatul haqq, yuridu biha al-baatul. He said, this is a true statement, but he intends by a falsehood. This is a true statement, he intends by a falsehood. Because they intend by what? You're not ruling by the book of Allah, so therefore this is a justification for us now to fight against you and to remove you so that we can rule by the book of Allah. Alright? So then what do you find the Khawarij now saying? Oh, the rulers are not ruling by Sharia. Ya subhanallah. But they don't rule by Sharia. When they come into power, do they rule by Sharia? No, they don't rule by Sharia. And look at the situations where they have come into power. By looking at what take, has taken place in Egypt some years ago when they came into power, them got removed from power. When they had their time at bat, as they say, did they rule by Sharia? No, not at all. They, they, they used to fought the government for having a constitution. They would say, our constitution, our dustur is the book of Allah, you know, so on and so forth. This is what they would say, stuff like this. Like, as soon as they get into power, the Khan Muflisin, the bankrupt brotherhood, what did they say? Oh, we need, we need to now to redraft the constitution. Yeah, subhanAllah. It was bad for before, but now it's okay for you. Yeah, subhanAllah. You see, the games in which the shaytan they play, the shayateen they play. I'm bringing this up to show you that the uh, uh, rallying cries of the Khawarij, they are consistent error after error after error. So when you hear them, when you hear someone complaining about the economic situation of a place and they want to madmouth mad the ruler and, and revolt against the ruler due to economics, you know that who is their self in that? 
the Khawarij, when they claim that they want to rule by the book of Allah and they badmouth the rulers and want to revolt against the rulers and to rally the people up against the rulers because, quote-unquote, they want to establish the Sharia, then who is their Salaf in that claim? The Khawarij. Naam? So you see that these are, what, two sides of what? The same coin. Two sides of the same coin. There is no justification to revolt against the ruler as long as the ruler is a Muslim. As long as the ruler is a Muslim, then there's no justification to fight against and go against uh, the ruler. In any event, here is an indication that we're going to have rulers that are not suitable for the office, but as long as they are in the office of leadership, then we hear and obey, and that is the sunnah. What's the dalil? The Prophet ﷺ said, To hear and obey even if a slave becomes your ruler. The Shaykh goes on to say, Al-Muhaddith al-Madina, Al-Shaykh Abdul Muhsan, Alaykum Salaam, Allah. Allah Ta'ala, he goes on to say, He said that the ulama have a consensus, they have agreed, they have a consensus that a slave is not suitable to be the leader. That a slave is not suitable to be a le uh, the leader. And that, yani he says, and uh, those narrations, that this narration, this hadith, and those hadith that come bearing the same meaning, it shows us the, yani to the extreme extent that what, the extreme extent that we have to hear and obey. Because the likelihood of a slave becoming the ruler is very unlikely. It's very unlikely. Now, in some narrations, even the Prophet ﷺ, he said, even if they had a head that was like uh, a, a raisin, right, so on and so forth. And people, they misunderstand what is, in, what is intended by this narration. This, this characteristic and this description is not a description that is indicative of any one ethnicity or any one ethnic group. Now, it's not a, 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 a characteristic that is indicative of any ethnic group. Okay. But rather, the Prophet ﷺ, if you go on and you hear the, the, full of the, the, the whole of the description, the Prophet ﷺ was saying that even if it was a, a slave who was deformed, even if it was a slave who was deformed, he had a misshapen head and his limbs were deformed or, and or missing, that even if this became the situation where the ruler, yani, by, uh, uh, be, be, because of his standing in society, was not fit to be the ruler, and physically was not fit to be the ruler, still, as long as they are the ruler, you have to hear and we have to obey. There is no excuse. So the Shaykh, he says, so we understand from this that the Prophet ﷺ is showing us uh, that to what extent that we still have to hear and obey. That even if the leader was a slave, we have to hear and obey. So even if the, the ruler, the Khalifa, was a slave, we have to hear, we have to obey. Even if that is very improbable of happening or has not happened, if it were to happen, we still have to hear and we have to obey. And then the Shaykh he mentions, he says, 
تولية الخلافة عبدا على يعني على قرية أو على جماعة whether it's upon a uh, a village whether يعني the slave becomes the ruler of the village the head of the village or the head of a particular uh, uh, society نعم uh, or أنه كان عند تولية يعني حرا meaning that in other words a person was a slave and then while still being enslaved they took over a or yani they became the ruler of a uh, village or society right? that they were still enslaved and while enslaved never being freed they became the ruler basically they fought out of uh, 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 yani being enslaved and it became the, the ruler and they took over while they were still a slave or it could be because yani, that at the time that they gained leadership the time that they took over they were free at that time that they were formerly a slave and they were free and then they took over وَأُطْلِقَ عَلَيْهِ عَبْدٌ مَكَانٌ and he was referred to as being a slave in relation to his former condition. Right? He was late to being slave in his former condition. Naam. Or it could be that the slave took over. He had a revolution, he had a, a, a coup or whatever the case is, and they took over the government. Naam. They took over the government. Uh, so much so, was the al-amn that they took over and it became clear. And they, they, uh, they took over and their rulership became solidified and thus there was a state of security while them being the ruler naam, and the like. Uh, then they became the ruler under those set of circumstances. Uh, uh, so the Shaykh is mentioning that if a slave were to come in others from the Ramalika Abdaziz Ali Shaykh, he mentions in commenting upon this hadith, he says that there is no way possible for a slave to become the ruler except by way of conquest. That there is not possible that a slave can go from being a slave to now being the ruler of a particular land except by way of conquest. That they have taken over the land and that they have overpowered uh, the occupancy, raised a militia or army, what have you, and they took over by force. He said this is the only way a slave can go from being a slave to becoming the, uh, the ruler. And when one looks at this, then they understand. If a person were to forcefully take over a society, a country, and so on and so forth. Is this a legislative means by way in which they have become the ruler? No, it is not. It's not legislative means. This becomes a, 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 a manner uh, and a means of reaching leadership that is haram. However, and this is very important what Shaykh Abdul mentions, he says, but once they have become the ruler, regardless on how they got there, once they have become the ruler and they are stable and they have set up stability, 
and security has been established, then we have to hear and we have to obey. Everything stops. Why? Because removing them from leadership will bring about more harm, will bring about more evil, more destruction than allowing them to stay as the ruler. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu Now, so as the Shaykh, he mentions, once the rulership has become solidified, stability has been established. Then, he is left unchallenged due to the fact that removing him from power will bring about more evil then would it be to allow him to remain in power? Now, so I want you to, to just, just, just to reflect upon the likes of this situation. And even under these set of circumstances, the Prophet Wasallam he says that it is upon us as that we have to hear and we have to obey. Even under these set of circumstances. Now I want you to reflect on the situation of the Muslim lands, especially prior to the Arab Spring. Had the situation been that dire during that time? Then of course the answer is no, it had not been that dire, right? So if under a set of circumstances where the situation is more dire, it is not allowed for us to revolt against our rulers, but we have to hear and obey. So then now what about the likes of these situations? Right? What about the likes of these situations? It is upon us to hear and obey the ruler. Now, just in case someone may try to bring a doubt, if the ruler becomes a clear disbeliever, right? Kufrun a clear disbeliever, 
the Ulemani mentioned that even in that time, there are conditions before arms can be taken up against them. There are conditions. Even if the leader prevents us from praying and leaves Islam. Now, even with such a ruler, there are conditions before arms can be taken up against that ruler. From those conditions is that one, you have to have the ability to do it. Two, it can't bring about a greater calamity, right? Because you don't remove an evil with a greater evil. You don't try to change the situation and then make it worse. Because this is what happened with those who have yeah, they did what they did with the Arab Springs. They have made all of the countries worse. They had stability. Now they are not stable. Now they, are, they, they have taken away the stability, so on and so forth. Whatever economic place they had prior to the Arab Spring, well, the economic situation now is worse than it was prior to those times. Right? So on and so forth. So, even if the ruler became a straight-up kafir and allow us to pray, so on and so forth, have to have the ability. It cannot bring about more of a harm. It cannot bring about more evil. And they have to have the ability to rule in the event that they win. If they don't have the ability to rule, even if they, you know, they, they, uh, they, uh, they win, then they can't do it. Why? It's going gonna, it's gonna to bring about more harm. It's going to bring about more harm. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala's land is spacious. It's spacious. So if people are not happy with the condition in one Muslim land, then they move to another Muslim land. That is the proper that is the proper course of action. Now, that is the proper course of action. With that line or yani, with that sentence, we see that the Prophet وسلم, he is explaining to us what the world stage is going to look like. Now, he's explaining to us what the world stage is going to look like. And you find that each of these sentences, they are connected. Because that which is going to allow us to hold on to the rest of the advice, right? Or the total of the advice, is that we first have to hold on to the first portion of it. And that is to have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To do that which Allah ta'ala has commanded us to do. To stay away from that which Allah ta'ala has commanded us to stay away from. So that we get a shield between us and between the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without taqwa, you're not going to be able to hear and obey the ruler. You're not going to be able to hold on to the sunnah of the Prophet sallam, nor the sunnah of the Khulafa Rashidin when there's much different. You have to have, we have to have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With that being the situation, the Prophet sallam, he said, he goes on to say, uh, And that verily, those who live from amongst you, they're going to see much differing. Those who live from amongst you, they're going to see much differing, much ikhtilaf, much differing, differing of opinions, differing of what is halal, what is haram, differing of what is sunnah, what is bid'ah, differing uh, on, on the deen, much differing, much dispute. Uh, Shaykh Abdul Muhsan, he mentions as relates to this particular um, portion of the hadith, he says, هذا من دلائل he said, this is from the proofs of 
the prophecy or the prophethood of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu This is from the proofs that he was a prophet and of the legitimacy of his prophethood sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because and the Shaykh says, Haythu akhbara an amrin mustaqbal. When he informed us about an affair of the future, an affair of the future, waqa'a tibuqan lima akhbarahu bihi. He informed us of an affair that will take place in the future and it happened exactly the way he said it was going to happen. We live in a time now, we, we can see this. What is that? There's much differing. There's much differing. And when you look at this, not just that the Prophet, because in our time now, we see it's much differing, right? But the Prophet ﷺ was telling those who were listening that what? That this differing is not going to take place hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years in the future. But rather this differing is going to take place within the lifespan of some of you. It's going to take place within your lifetime. And that's why he said, whoever lives from amongst you, then they're going to see much different. Which is an indication that what? That this differing is going to happen while the Sahaba are still alive, you're going to see this different. Now, Uthman, anhu, being uh, uh, assassinated. Sahaba were alive. Other Sahaba were alive. Ali, anhu, being assassinated. Now, Sahaba were alive. Umar, anhu, being assassinated. Sahaba were alive. So much differing was taking place. It was a lot of turmoil taking place inside of the whirlwind within the lifetimes of some of the Sahaba. Some had passed away before the different, like Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he passed away before it. Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, yani the Prophet sallallahu which was another prophecy of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, had informed us that what that Umar, he was the door. He was the door that once the door was open, turmoil was going to come upon the Ummah and the door will not be closed. And Umar radiallahu he said, Will the door be open or broken? The Prophet he said it will be broken. Which is what? An indication that what that Umar radiallahu was going to be assassinated. Man, was going to be assassinated. The Prophet he told us that there's going to be much differing. Man, we live in a time and we have seen historically that there has been much differing. Exactly. What the Prophet said was going to happen has happened exactly the way he said it was going to happen. Uh, the Shaykh says, uh, He said, Because those who they, they lived longer from the companions of the Prophet, then they had reached the time they where and they saw much differing. Naam. Uh, differing in that in which the Prophet and the Sahaba were upon differing we don't find the Muslims who have come after like the Muslims during the time of the Prophet and we, and we don't have to look to no one but ourselves our generation our generation our generation is our devotion like that of the of, of, of the Sahaba is our practice of Islam like that of the Sahaba yeah subhanallah 
does do the salawat inside of the masajid. And we're talking worldwide. We're not talking about in certain places. Certain places, alhamdulillah. Yeah? But we're talking about worldwide. Worldwide. We had to take it all and make it an average. Worldwide. Does Fajr look today like Fajr looked in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And they weren't, you know, millions and millions and millions of Muslims in the world. There weren't millions and millions and millions and millions of Muslims in the world. There weren't millions and millions of misajid in the world. But whose fajr was better? Whose fajr had more people in attendance on a more regular basis? Now, I mean, subhanAllah, look at yani, their isha. Look at their maghrib, their dhuhr. I mean, pick a prayer. Look at it. Is it the same? No, it's not the same. It's not the same. Their devotion, the way they practice Islam, their seriousness about the religion, what they sacrificed, is it the same as, as, as our efforts now? No, it is not. Not at all. Not at all. Which is another indication which shows the short-sightedness and utter stupidity of those who speak ill of the campaigns of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, not to mention that it's haram in the Prophet sallallahu alaihi don't speak bad about my companions. Huh? So they already go against that. They already go against the direct command. Don't speak bad about my companions. Naam. But then when you look, how can such a lowly people? In reality, seek to disparage people of such merit and honor. It makes it really makes no sense. People of such knowledge, such aim, people of such devotion, such taqwa. How in the world could we do anything except speak good of them and admire what they had put forward? And listen, all of us. What we have from Ain is that which they transmitted, is that which they had learned from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they transmitted to generations who came after them. Okay? All of the good that we are upon, they beat us in doing it because they did it first. And then taught the follow generations about their goods so that subsequently they can do it too. If everything was left on the shoulders of our generation, to educate the next generation, ya yeah, subhanallah, as individuals, as families, we can't even convey it to our children. The people, they're going to differ and move away from that which the Prophet and his companions they were upon. And that was with the emergence of some of the astray groups, like the Qadariya. And they started to have this deviation inside the Aqidah. Like the Khawarij. And they started to have this deviation in their Aqidah and in their Minhaj. And other than them, from the, yeah, the, these astray groups, they started to emerge. There was no such thing as Shia in the time of the Prophet Wasallam. There was no such thing as Qadriya, as Mu'tazila, as Khawarij, 
in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. All of these groups, they came about after. There was no such thing as the Asha'ira. Huh? As you have an individual living uh, not far in this area who, who, who openly says he's Ash'ari. Yeah, subhanAllah. There was no Asha'ira in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The people will move away from that which the Prophet and their companions were upon. This is the disease. That's the disease right there. Differing. Differing from that which the Prophet and their companions they were upon. That is the disease. And the Prophet he gave us the cure. He gave us the solution. He gave us the way out. He gave us the remedy. And that remedy, the Prophet he said, as he goes on to say, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِينَ عَدُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذِ The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, So thus, it is binding upon you my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa after me. The sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa. Who are the rightly guided khulafa? Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali. Naam. Reflect on that. The Prophet Sallallahu he said, Upon you is my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa after me. And they are who? Those four. Right? In another narration, the Prophet Sallallahu he said, Imitate those who are after me. Meaning who? Abu Bakr and Umar. So many indications. So many indications. Ala kulli hal, the Shia, they speak bad about Abu Bakr. They speak bad about Umar. They speak bad about Uthman. Ikhwan Muslimin, Say Qutb. They speak, he speaks bad about Uthman. Radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Wa'arubahu. Naam. These khulafa, the Prophet Sallallahu said, is upon us to stick to his sunnah and their sunnah. Naam. Because their sunnah and his sunnah is one. It's the same. Their sunnah and his sunnah is one. What good could be in a group that speaks ill of these khulafa who the Prophet described them as being Rashidin al-Mahdiyin. They are khulafa who are rightly guided. They're not astray. They're not kufar. Like the Shia say. Right? They're not astray. Earth man is not astray as the Khawarij say, as Sayyid Qutb said, as those Khawarij who yani, uh, 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 encircled the house of Uthman and who ultimately assassinated him, huh? he was not astray, but rather what? He was rightly guided, as the Prophet ﷺ said. So now who's going to be lying to the Prophet ﷺ and say that no, they, were, they, 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 uh, they went bad afterwards? No. No way. Right? So what good could be in the likes of these of, of these particular groups? This is the medicine that we have to stick to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. We have to stick to the way of the Sahaba. That therein is the medicine. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, And bite onto it with your mola teeth. That's the medicine. Inshallah ta'ala. Well, go more into depth and detail about the medicine and about the remainder of the Hanif.
inside of the next class falana nattafi bihadha alqadar wa sallam ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa jazakumullahu khairan